It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of the time. It's a Friday, and wow, I don't know about you, but I'm canceling a lot of my plans for the weekend, especially for those in South Wyoming, Southwestern Wyoming, even more so. You heard about that in your local forecast with Don Day. We got a whole lot more of that coming up, and it's just a good day. Even watching Don Day's podcast this morning, just before I got on the air, even he mentions. It's probably just a good idea to stay home this weekend, which I pretty much plan to do. I'm just not really going to go anywhere. I've already put everything together, and that's just the way that's going to be, just because of the way the weather's coming in. And so for some, yeah, you're going to get a lot of snow with this. For others, you will get some snow, not a lot, but you still will get some. Mountains are going to get a ton of snow. That's a good thing to get that snowpack up there. But more than anything else, it's going to be the temperatures that are really going to drop. I mean, really dry. As the day goes on, as the sun comes up, the temperatures go down. It's one of those days. So there's a lot to talk about regarding that as we go through the morning. Plus, something I found out earlier this week, and uh, so glad we have Congresswoman Harriet Hageman basically trying to bum-tackle a bunch of bureaucrats. I'll explain. Hang on. Today's show is sponsored by the Reversible Bidet. It's refreshing for both ends. And now in soothing menthol. Okay, that's just um, wrong, disturbing, and doesn't make any sense. In, uh, okay, but for most of Wyoming, though, just so you know, this weekend, starting now and getting through the weekend, most of Wyoming is just going to be closed. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's cold. And going to get a whole lot colder. Okay, so let's go with this thing with Harriet Hegman. So this week, and I think it was Thursday, if I remember right, uh, this week, I went to a Chamber of Commerce breakfast. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me, considering my schedule. And while having a meal there, a bunch of representatives from Wyoming House and Senate stood up and spoke and even got, and were asked some questions and so on. And at one point, a woman who works for Harriet Hegeman in a Wyoming office stood up and read a letter from Harriet Hegeman. And what she was reading, on the one hand, really just shocked and surprised me. On the other hand, I'm thinking, well, but that's bureaucrats for you. Here's how this works. So imagine taking, so it gets a little complicated here, but they're trying to push a whole new rule thing through. Imagine making it so people can take federal lands and trade them like stock on the stock market. Now, that's really oversimplifying the thing. And this would allow companies and individuals to come in and take that land and preserve it so nobody could do anything on it. So we have minerals, things like that. Even when it comes to ranching, water rights, and so on, it would just put a halt to all of that. Now, I'm going to play a little bit of audio from this because, again, it gets kind of complicated what they were trying to do. But 
the idea that the land could just be taken from us and set aside in such a way that nobody could touch it, which would shut down so many industries here in Wyoming. And the bureaucracy was trying to write this as a rule. And normally a rule, there's public notice that goes out. It's 60-day comment period. Well, they didn't abide by really any of that. Here's Harriet Higgin. This is something that I think is one of the biggest land grabs that we've seen quite possibly in the history of our country. Where this came about is the, the Security Exchange Commission issued a proposed regulation, a proposed rule at the very end of September last year. And the purpose of the proposed rule was to adopt a regulation so that they could set up what are called natural asset companies on the New York Stock Exchange. Unlike almost any other rulemaking I had ever seen, they only gave 21 days notice for this particular rule and a comment period, which is just absolutely unheard of. Usually they're at least 60 days, sometimes 90 or 120 days. They gave 21 days notice on this, so they were trying to slip it through. The way that these things would work is that these natural asset companies would be set up and they would be able to purchase the rights to say the natural assets of Yellowstone National Park or Medicine Bow National Forest or any lands on any private lands that have a conservation easement on them. They could come in and they could buy the natural assets of Yellowstone National Park, and then they would be responsible for making sure that those natural assets would never be developed. So it would stop everything related to any kind of use of these lands whatsoever. Grazing, mineral development, any kind of mining, any kind of oil and gas exploration, even recreation. Buy the so-called natural assets and make it so that we can never develop these lands again through into perpetuity. And they even talk about that, that they would protect these lands from any type of development into perpetuity. It could cover all of our National Forest Service lands. It could cover our Park Service lands. And it could cover any private property that has a conservation easement on it. This is something that is not only illegal as all get out, but it is potentially going to be extremely destructive to the Western United States, because that's where most of these lands are, are, are located. Now, she said a whole lot more than that, and the story gets uh, into a lot of detail. So if you want some of the detail, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. And part of the audio that I took there, I actually, she talked for quite a while, went through and just picked out some key moments. She was on a town hall, Wyoming Freedom Caucus town hall, is what it was called. And I have the video with all of that available to you on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. So you can go ahead and take a look at it. And it's one of these things where I know uh, it, they're trying to sneak it through last minute. Highly illegal, unethical. You can run the gamut of why they should not be allowed to do this. But once again, the bureaucracy being used to try to shut down so many of the things we do here in Wyoming. So... While Harriet Hageman and some others are trying to stop this with what they can, with the tools at their disposal now, I would fully expect lawsuits to start popping up as quickly as possible. And eventually, just like we defeated the EPA and the Waters of America rule, and the EPA is never going to quit on that. They're just going to keep trying. They've tried to pass the Waters of America rule to seize control of all the waters everywhere. Even literally, even if it's just a puddle in your front yard, EPA controls it. Now, of course, that's literally that's unconstitutional. And I've gone into all the reasons why, but we stopped the EPA from being able to do that. 
but they just keep on trying in different ways. Here is yet another attempt, this time not by the EPA, but again, part of the Biden bureaucracy to essentially do the same thing and not just with coal, gas, and oil, but water, with grazing. I mean, the list goes on recreation. The list goes on and on and on. And they tried to slip this through unnoticed. Part of the reason, I think, instead of having your usual 60-day comment period, they have a 21-day comment period. But why do this at all? So I did talk to the lady from Harriet Hageman's office during that luncheon and asked her, can we get just get Harriet on the phone and, and let her explain this? Now, you heard part of the audio there, but I want to get her on the program so I can ask some more in-depth questions about this because this is huge. But it's also the kind of thing that Harriet Hageman deals with on a regular basis. She dealt with this as a lawyer before she ever ran for office. So that's one of the reasons why I say I'm, I'm glad we have her there because I'm, I'm wondering if most people would have even noticed it at all. She did because this is the kind of stuff that she looks for. So we could use, yeah, somebody in office who looks for these kinds of things because it directly affects states like Wyoming. The shortwave radio station that identifies as a thousand watt FM. Because you know, we are what we feel, not we feel what we are. You asked for an expert. Uh, We didn't have the budget for that. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 623 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, um, little side note here. That First off, that story about another lab, land grab attempt by the Biden administration. If you missed the first segment of the program, the story is on the Wake Up Wyoming site, along with the audio from Congresswoman Harriet Hageman. And I will repeat that later this morning. Also, try to get her on the program to talk about it. Now, on a different subject, that ridiculously large television they have in the studio next to me over here. So, of course, I know almost the entire nation is going through the miserable weather that we're going to have. Almost the entire nation finally gets to share this weather with us. And, of course, television news stations all over the place are nonstop wall-to-wall coverage, which I understand. It's a good idea to do that. But I'm waiting for, you know what's going to happen, the cult of climate change to come out. Oh, my God, this is climate change. You see what's happening here? This blizzard was devastating. It's climate change. This is not supposed to be happening. It's a blizzard. Okay, That's all that is. It's just a storm like this happens every so often. It's called wintertime. It happens from time to time. Of course, your weather has to, your local TV station has to hype it up. National news has to hype it up as well. Because this is great ratings. Unfortunately, some people just don't know how to handle it. A bomb cyclone. What? What's a bomb cyclone? I don't even know what to do. If there was a snowstorm or a blizzard, I would know what to do. What do, what do I do? In a bomb cyclone. Poor guy oh my God. running around bomb out there in panic like this. All right, on to some other story. Another one, this is another, it doesn't surprise me or shock me. When I was at that luncheon where there were, again, representatives, it's a, 
a yearly thing that it kind of happens actually all over the state, but representatives from Wyoming House and Senate invited by a local chamber of commerce. They have a luncheon there and representatives get up and talk about the upcoming legislative session. One of the questions that was thrown out was subsidies for airports in Wyoming. Now, you know, me, when it comes to subsidies, I hate the very idea of them. But all right. Some people will make the argument, but if we make sure that our community has air travel, so in other words, the airline wants to make a certain amount of money by setting up a hub in your area. Just at least one flight a day, is not, as long as they have a certain amount of money being made, it's profitable for them. And if they don't reach that level, then the rest of it's made up by your taxes. Now, some people argue against that. Me. Other people say it's a great idea. Well, okay, maybe it's a good idea as long as the community is actually profiting. And your politicians will always stretch to make the claim that, oh, no, no, you got to realize the positive impact on the community. Well, if it is a positive impact. Story I have on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. Natrona County questions $1.3 million for one flight per day. Now, this particular flight is a flight that leaves the Casper Natrona County Airport and goes, it's a SkyWest flight, and goes to Salt Lake City. And also brings people from Salt Lake City back. And if you want to fly, in fact, one time I wanted to go to Tampa and I was looking for inexpensive flights. And I was doing it online and the computer program online tried to route it from Casper to Salt Lake City to Tampa. That's kind of be an interesting flight, but I mean, it would, boy, it would take a long time to do all, especially connecting and so on. Other than that, though, it's not one that's used that often. And so looking at the bill here between the city of Casper and Natrona County, they're doing about $1.3 million is what they're paying to make sure that they have the seats available for this, right? Okay. Here's the numbers broken down according to Cowboy State Daily. So they start with a $1.3 million investment, as they call it, investment. Information from the commissioner's office in Toronto County, they pay $1.355 million for the SkyWest and Marjorie in the past year. Reimbursement for Advanced Casper and Wyoming Department of Transportation uh, Aeronautics have totaled about $572,014. The county's net cost is about $783,277. And then the city of Casper also put out $50,000 in marketing for the flight. So the question is, does the community see a profit on that? Do you get enough for Natrona County and Casper, enough actual activity in the community to make a profit off of that much taxpayer money being put out per year? The answer would be, I think, if not, then you got to stop it. You're losing money on this. But, of course, nobody wants to lose air travel in their area, especially if you live way out in some places like Wyoming does. And I do understand it is kind of hard for some communities that want to grow. How do we do that if the only way to get there is to drive four hours to get there? You, you land in Denver and then you got to drive four to six hours to get to some Wyoming community. Who wants to do that? I understand the argument, but if you're losing money on it, that's what Casper and Natrona 
is doing right now, having that discussion with SkyWest Airlines. All right, coming up on some local news. That important update on your weather forecast right after news. 645, Don Day gives you the extended forecast, which is worth listening to for this weekend. At 745, I have Don Day on live, and we'll go ahead through all the minutia of the weekend because... This thing, the system spreads. It's actually several systems that spread across the entire country. And a lot of serious cold weather is coming our way. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. No. Okay, so... A lot of topics I'm covering in the first hour here, but lots to go through before we get into the weekend and you hunker down and can't go anywhere. So yesterday, I touched on this. I was just on social media and looking at things, and here comes an ad, really, from the Wyoming Department of Transportation. Now, if you want to see the ad, I put it up on the Wake Up Wyoming site as one of my news stories this morning. And it says, Wyoming Department of Transportation interested in owning operating an EV charging station in Wyoming? YDOT wants to hear from you. YDOT is issuing a request for information to gauge interest from potential station owners interested in participating in the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Program. The RFI is open now and can be accessed and it tells you where and et cetera, et cetera, see more. Okay. So once again, I get into the whole idea of subsidizing this stuff in the article that I wrote, but and I point out what I did yesterday many other times in this. You know, when we started with the internal combustion engine around the country, gas stations just popped up all over the place. Government did not have to subsidize and offer tax breaks for people to buy the internal combustion engine as a car. Just buy a car. People wanted to, and so they paid for it. And... Cars, especially because of Henry Ford, cars were made affordable for the average person. The government was not trying to subsidize people giving up the horse for an automobile. It was just happening. But when it comes to electric vehicles, government has to try to coerce you even going so far in some places by trying to make the sales of the internal combustion engine illegal. There's a few states, California started it, I believe, and a few other states and cities are even trying it as well. You're not allowed to buy new, anyway, gas-powered vehicles in our city or in our state. I've never seen that before. Imagine if uh, back when the automobile was coming around, if government had said, we're going to give you incentives to make it more affordable for you to own. A car. And again, we're talking Model T era here, right? Also, it is now illegal to sell horses, especially if you're going to sell them for riding or pulling buggies. The sale of buggies is now illegal. No more buggies. 
But government wasn't doing that. It was just a natural transition from one thing to the next. It just happened. Filling stations for automobiles was not something government had to try to talk anybody into or subsidize. It just happened. There were enough people buying automobiles out there that, well, it's profitable to sell the fuel for it. And in most cases, like when you go to a convenience store today, just so you know, the convenience store actually makes very little money off of the sale of fuel at the pumps. They make very little off of that. What they're trying to do is get you to go into the store. That's where they really make their money. But as far as the oil companies go, no, they that's where they make their money. They want you to buy. And actually, they don't want the highest price possible because if the, if the price is too high, they know you buy less. There's some kind of a balancing act. How much can they charge without losing your business, which is typical capitalism anyway, right? But think about how all of that happened organically. So here's Wyoming, state of Wyoming, getting money from the federal government. And go around, pass out this money, get people to open up, open up EV charging stations. Now, in the article that I put up, I explained why one of the reasons, there's several reasons why the state of Wyoming paused that for a while. One of the reasons that they said, let's just put a pause on this, is if charging stations are put up, but nobody takes care of them and they quit working, then the state of Wyoming is on the hook to pay back the federal government. And the state of Wyoming didn't want that. So they still have the money, the state does. YDOT still has the money. And they're still interested in trying to do this. But right now they're trying to gauge interest. Is anybody out there actually interested in this? Which is why I go back to let it happen organically. If there's an interest in this, it'll just happen. Because people actually want it. Not because government offered tax breaks and subsidies and tried to hand out money for charging stations and then tried to make the sale of the competitor to the electric vehicle illegal. Hello. Are you a climate heretic going to hell for your denial? The New York Times says so. Repent! Author Michael Crichton once said that environmentalism seems to be the religion of choice for urban atheists. And New York Times columnist Paul Krugman once wrote concerning climate skeptics, he said their climate denial is an almost inconceivable sin. Who knew the New York Times believed in an afterlife? The Washington Post even featured a theology professor urging climate deniers to repent for the moral evil of climate change denial. And the UNIPCC chairman said global warming was his religion. According to climate activists, it's going to get really hot for climate deniers, whether in this life or the next. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight is the time. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, Frank, earlier this morning I said I have a national holiday you could get behind. You might even replace your Christmas tree for this. That. What, you doubt? Re- re- replacing my yeah. Christmas tree that well, I have up every okay. day? This is National Quit Your Resolution Day. National. 
National. What's your resolution? Yes, okay. So well, I haven't resolved to take down my Christmas tree. Okay. Well, okay. That's a good point there. See, what happened is somebody did a study a while oh, back. Oh, please. Stop. Yeah. No, but hang on now. This one they found out that about 80% of people by now, by today's date, the 12th, have just given up on their New Year's resolutions. You know what? As cool as it's going to be yes. over the next few days here, uh-huh. I've given up. Yeah. Well, you've given up, period. Yeah. I yeah, okay. Just not your resolution. <laughs> just period. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, for those people who are feeling like a bunch of losers just or lazy or whatever it might be, a quitter, just remember now, 80% of the people out there are with you on this. Yes. I, I, yeah. So I would suggest what you do. Now, you know, before you go on a diet... You tend to go to the fridge and you binge. There's the loading day before a diet day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you have the other end. As our friend Drew down the hallway pointed out, it's like bookends. So now you can go open up the refrigerator and load again because this is the day that you are allowed to officially just admit defeat and give up like 80% of Americans. Yeah, and don't feel guilty about it. No, not at all. Now, again, if it was just you... You could look at yourself and go, oh, such a loser. But if it's 80% of the people, why should you feel b- bad about it? You're just I, doing what everybody else is doing. I don't I don't feel bad. Yeah. I, now, I, I don't even, not at all. For everybody else who was able to stick with it, the good news is the gym has finally emptied out. You yeah, can yeah. go back now <laughs> and you don't have to wait in line. Yeah, no kidding. High school athletics, there have been a number of cancellations due to the weather. Probably more to come. The Kelly Walsh wrestling duels and Casper's schedule for Today and tomorrow has been canceled. The big Natrona indoor track meeting Casper schedule for tomorrow is also a scratch. So keep track of what's on and what's off on wildpreps.com. Last night in Boyd's High School basketball, Cheyennes beat Riverton 74-73. Nathan Mirage buried a jumper as time expired to give that t- the T-Bird team the win. Sheridan held off Kelly Walls 46-41. On the girls' side, East over Riverton 55-30. And Sheridan beat KW 52-43. In junior college basketball, the Casper College men lost at Lamar, Colorado, 107-102 to drop to 11-7 and on the year. Casper College women are scheduled to host Western Nebraska from Scottsbluff tonight at the T-Bird Gym. We'll see. The LCCC women lost at NJC in Sterling, Colorado last night, 71-55, so they're 6-9. The LCCC men earlier in the week lost to the Air Force Prep, 76-271. Men's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowboys will host Fresno State and Laramie tomorrow afternoon after playing and losing big to a couple of top-notch Mountain West Conference teams. The Pokes are fighting playing somebody close to their own ability level. UW is 8-8 eight and eight overall and 1-2 and two in league play. Fresno is 7-8 and eight overall, 0-2 oh in league play. The Bulldogs are coming off big losses to San Diego State and Nevada. That's a 2 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. In college football, the Wyoming, new Wyoming Cowboy head coach Jay Sawvell has named Aaron Bull as their new defensive coordinator. He is one of the, um, he is the son of outgoing UW head coach Craig Bull and has been the Cowboy linebacker's coach since 2020. National Football League playoffs will begin tomorrow. Houston will play Cleveland at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. Miami meeting Kansas City at 6 p.m. tomorrow. And that's going to be a cold, cold, cold game. Then on Sunday, Buffalo meets Pittsburgh at 11 in the morning. Green Bay and Dallas at 2.30. And the Los Angeles Rams will draw Detroit at 6 p.m. That's in sports. So, uh, just a thought here, uh, Frank. So, if today's the day everybody quits the New Year's resolutions, okay, so you go to the gym, and the gym is really empty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that mean if you go to the ice cream aisle or the donut aisle at the grocery store, then that's also really empty? Well, today, when the when the low temperature is going to be 25 below, who's buying ice cream? 
even if if resolution or no resolution. Okay, maybe not like how about pie? Okay, there you go. Okay, just in other words, all the junk food is gone because everybody's gave up. Yeah. So the gym is empty, but so is all the junk food at the store. We're back to normal. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. We're could, we're, we're totally back to normal. Could we just? You know, I, I'll give credit to this. What, what is today's date? The, the today's twelve. Yes. You know what? People went at it for twelve days. No, no, no they didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're saying, oh, you're saying they gave up earlier than that? Yeah. In other words, they never achieved their goal. They may have shown up to the gym once, but you know that was for like a half hour. They never really <laughs> know know your limitations. Yes, exactly. And right. live with there it. There you go. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we got to take care. Of. And we're gonna roll into news time after that. National, local update on that weather forecast is important. About an hour from now, 7.45, Don Day will talk us through this whole weather system that we have to put up with with this weekend. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. Wake up, Wyoming. It is a Friday. Glad you made it, and hoping, just hoping that you've decided to hunker down for the whole weekend. And it's most of the country, not all of the country, but most of the country is going to be in some kind of winter weather conditions. The amount of snow just depends on where you are. The amount of cold. <laughs> Our part of the country is going to get a whole lot of cold. Seven forty-five. Don Day will be on with me. To explain everything to you. Today's show is sponsored by the Reversible Bidet. It's refreshing for both ends. And now in soothing menthol. That's just disturbing on, especially for people who are having breakfast out there. But anyway, yeah, the storm is coming in slowly. I mean, in fact, last night I went to bed. It was nine degrees. And I knew this was going to happen. The wind woke me up because... It got warmer. It actually blew in, got up to 16 degrees just before midnight. And then temperatures started to drop again. And as the sun rises today, the temperatures will keep going down. And, of course, as we get down to places like I-80, southern Wyoming, I'm sorry, guys, you're going to get the worst of it. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's cold. So, okay, uh, you can thank Bert for this story. Morning, Bert. Bert is in Cheyenne. So is Dan, by the way, who's been sending me some notes this morning about eating ice cream on cold days, which I'm all for. I don't care how cold it gets. I like ice cream on cold days. I, I can't explain it, but I do. Anyway, Bert sent me a note. Hey, Glenn, I just saw a headline. Hertz Rent-A-Car is selling their EVs and replacing them with gasoline cars. Yep. And I had that story ready to go, so I tell you what, Bert, I'm just going to get to it because you mentioned it. Here's the headline. The truth hurts. You get it? The truth hurts? Yeah. Rental giant sheds 20,000 electric vehicles and gases up. The story says just a few months ago, 
Hertz committed to making electric vehicles a quarter of the rental fleet. They had already announced an intention to partner with Tesla as a major provider of their fleet, which had pushed Tesla's value even higher. Supposedly, the scale of the demand and usage with lower costs across the board and fleet maintenance and so on. Wow, rental agencies were all looking forward to this. Then, of course, government subsidies and tax breaks. And now, Hertz has hit reverse. You see the puns the guy's putting it? Hertz hit reverse. You get it? Okay. And taking a big hit to its bottom line. Bloomberg reports that the leading rental company wants to sell off its existing EVs and replace them with gasoline-powered vehicles. Reading directly from another story here, Hertz Global Holding plans to sell its U.S. electric vehicle fleet and reinvest in gas-powered cars due to weak demand and high repair costs of its battery-powered options. Hold on. Back up. The first part of that I kind of expected. The second part of that, wait a second. Due to weak demand, that I expected, and high repair costs of battery-powered options. Hmm. Now, it's going to sell off not all of its EVs. It's going to keep a few. There's a few people out there who actually like renting electric vehicles. So there will be a few EVs at their locations. They're not getting rid of every single one. Most of them, though. They're dramatic about face after Hertz announced his plans in 2021 to buy 100,000 Tesla vehicles. Wow, te- that's going to hurt Tesla. Tesla was hoping to sell about 100,000 vehicles there. Underscores the waning demand for all-electric cars in the U.S. EV sales has, well, it tanked sharply. It rose for just a bit. It's a lot like to me when they tried the uh, the Impossible Burger thing, the fake meat, the plant-based meats and so on. Of course, there was a bit of a spike in demand originally because it was being advertised like crazy. There were news news stories all over the place about this artificial meat. Even I tried it just to see what it was like. Wasn't going to go to it. I just want to know what that tastes like. Oh, okay, it didn't taste bad. But I want meat, you know. Then the demand just crashed because people want to eat meat. In fact, yesterday, to prepare for the storm, I was at the grocery store yesterday picking up a few things. And I walked down the frozen food aisles because I was curious, where is the section that has artificial meats? Well, it's there, but it's a tiny little section in the frozen food aisle, and there's not much in it. And not because of demand. It's just a tiny little section that's not stocked very well. Same thing happened with electric cars. There was that initial, because of all the hype, that initial little spike, but then now that's dropping off. Quote, the elevated costs associated with electric vehicles persisted. Hertz chief executive officer said in an interview, efforts to wrestle down the price. Well, that's just too challenging. So the move doesn't come cheap for Hertz either. It'll take about $245 million to change its first quarter or earnings. They're going to take a hit. Uh, that may continue for a while as they sell off their EV fleet, if they can sell it off. Who do you return it to? Now they have all of these electric vehicles. Now, in some cases, I know people who do this. You want to save some money on a car. 
rental companies like Hertz will sell their cars after they've been used on the road for a while. And some people save a ton of money, a ton of money by buying used cars from rental places. Well, how are they going to get rid of these? So they're trying to sell them off at really reduced prices. Tesla has been rapidly dropping its prices as well. Okay, EV sales are going down. You get the whole idea. So, okay, there's your story. I knew that, well, as soon as, soon as Bert mentioned the story, I thought, I have that. So I'll go ahead and throw that up in front there. It's just not working. You can't force an artificial marketplace. You just can't do that. It, it never works. Let's see. Uh, I-80 John in Granite Canyon, if EV works, you should get a great deal. My sister in Lake Wales, I know this winter weather is crazy. Yes, it is. Now, I got a question for you, sister dear. Now, here in Wyoming, overnight, we're going to get into sub-zero temperatures. Like where I'm at, it'll might, it might get down to like minus 22 overnight. Our daytime high should be like negative 3 or something like that. It depends on where you are. I know you're not going to get there in Florida the same blizzard conditions that most of the rest of the country is. But is any of this going to hit you in Florida or are you the only state that's going to have nice sunny days? People in Wyoming want to know. We want something to dream about, right? So, yeah, the weather has been a little bit crazy here. Last night's weather where the... I'm going to ask Don Day about this at 745. That spike in temperature up to 16 degrees and then dropping down again to the single digits. And while I'm on the air here, the temperature keeps dropping. We're at, I'm, right now, where I'm at is now negative 5, it says. Yeah, it was 16 degrees around midnight. And now as we're getting into slight daylight hours, we're at about negative 5, according to the thermometer I have in front of me right now. I mean, the end is nigh. Oh, my God, the world's going to end in 12 years. And the only thing you can do is vote for a Democrat. (laughs) Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 720 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so first off, I started with uh, Brendan Cheyenne mentioning, hey, that story about Hertz Rent-A-Car getting rid of most of their electric vehicles, which is true, although I don't know how they're going to sell any of them. No, no, people don't really want to buy them. But anyway, yeah, Hertz Rent-A-Car bought a bunch of electric vehicles, high maintenance costs, and nobody really wanted to drive them, so they're trying to get rid of all of that. Now, Al in Hillsborough. It's all a story about France moving away from... Now, let's get away from renewables. They're not, but wind and solar. And I have that story, too, as a matter of fact. And it's quietly happening. France is not saying it out loud. But they're quietly getting away from wind and solar and turning on other forms of energy because they need reliable energy. Germany's doing the same thing. Germany's touting all of, wow, look at all the wind and solar we're putting up everywhere. And yet at the same time, they're turning on old coal-fired power plants because they need reliable energy. That's basically the story there. Now, I did let me see, uh, put up a story this morning. I talked to Frank Gambino about it last hour. Today is a national holiday, just so you know. For those who made New Year's resolutions, today is National Quitting Day. Because it is shown that by 
today, the 12th, about 80% of people have quit their New Year's resolutions. So, it's National Quitting Day. Now, I posted that story. You can read it on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Uh, my niece, my oldest niece, Briar, they expect people to make it 12 whole days with a resolution? <laughs> no, they don't. But most people quit by now. And then I thought this holiday was on January 2nd. <laughs> she has a point there. So, okay. Uh, Dan and Cheyenne, oh, it's cold here. Currently, it's around 13 to 15 degrees. Okay. Uh, I show where I'm at. I'm in the negative numbers now, uh, just barely, but uh, rolling into the negative numbers. I'll keep, Don Day's on 745. We'll talk about the whole thing with them. All right. So um, we've talked about this before. And oftentimes when I talk about this, there are people who love their old-fashioned newspaper, I have to say old-fashioned, and hate it when I say this. But don't blame me. I'm just telling you what's happening, okay? Some time ago, before newspapers really started to get in trouble, I had made the case that public notices are not needed in newspapers anymore. More and more people are starting to read things online. And your local government already puts public notices on their city website or county website even already. They already do. And as newspapers start to go away in paper form, it's no longer necessary to put public notices in the newspaper. That was a law for the longest time because... For the longest time, that's the only way we could get public notices. There wasn't anything else. The Internet didn't exist. You either went down to City Hall to look for public notices or it was in the newspaper. And newspapers made a lot of money off of public notices. Well, then some cities, like, for example, Bar None was one of them here in Wyoming, started to look at their budgets and go, why are we paying for these public notices? We already posted this stuff online and the local newspaper here, hardly anyone reads it anymore, so why are we doing this? The problem is there are laws in place that they have to put the public notice in the newspaper. And so they started to make the argument, well, then what is a newspaper? Does a newspaper have to be in physical paper form? There's a lot of news organizations around that are not at all in paper form, but they're just online. Could you consider that a newspaper, right? Here's a headline from Cowboy State Daily. And Cowboy State Daily is a really top-notch news service here in Wyoming. They're really good. And it's like a daily newspaper, but they don't exist in physical form anyway, anywhere at all. You can only get them online. Radical change to Wyoming public notice law would put the state database over newspaper. Story says an ongoing lawsuit between Casper Star Tribune and the town of Mills has sparked new legislation that, if passed, would radically change Wyoming's laws regulating where and how local governments would be required to post public notices. For more than a century, Wyoming public records, as well as the rest of the country for that matter, has mandated that all legally required government public notices be printed in a local newspaper of record. The drafted legislation would change that requirement by instead creating a centralized electronic notice system in Wyoming that would be maintained by the Secretary of State's office. Instead of an additional local print newspaper of record charge, public notices will all become part of a statewide database. 
The bill's sponsor said the purpose of the bill is to get more people seeing public notices and save money. It also recognized it would be faster, too, because anytime a public notice came up, you wouldn't have to wait until the paper came out, you know, once a week, let's say, with public notices. It would be posted immediately. It also recognizes how technology and declining readership of print newspapers has altered the landscape and mission of printing public notices would get the most people seeing that as easily as possible. Quote, our statues were written in an age where our media relied heavily on printed newspapers specifically, said this author of the legislation. I don't think that the most efficient place now is published. And that's true. It was the most at at one time, but not anymore. The Star Tribune is suing the town of Mills and bar none to force the municipalities to publish all of the notices in the Star Tribune, their newspaper of record. Last fall, the towns passed separate local resolutions and ordinances that defined, they redefined the word newspaper. It doesn't have to be paper, as long as it's a news publication. That could be online. Now, again, my argument is, I don't even know if you have to do the state database, if you're talking local ones, because here's what typically happens. Let's take a city that has some public notices. Those public notices are handed to, we'll call it a a clerk or a secretary, right, who sits down and types them up onto the computer and then posts them on the city's website. You're done. You don't have to hand that to anybody. It's already happening. They already do that. So to have to go pay for the newspaper, plus it's, okay, so they're looking to save a bunch of money. Under the bill, local governments would have the option until 2030 of posting public notices for free to the state database. Instead of paying to have them printed in local newspapers, starting in 2030, local governments would then be required to post notices in the state database whether or not. So at first, up until 2030, it's up to the local municipality If they want to put it in the newspaper, okay. If they want to put it on the state website, okay. But by the time we get to 2030, everybody has to be on the state site. It would not, this is a quote, it would not require that municipalities stop their service with local newspapers if they want to continue. Publishing the database would be free. It would also be uh, public access to it. Now, for those people who have argued with me here on on air, but not everybody has access. Everybody has access to it, but not everybody's tech savvy. You don't need to be tech savvy. Okay, you you just don't. It's it's one of these things that slowly evolves. It makes sense over time. Eventually, we're going this way. Gasper Star Tribune can only hold it off for so long. Eventually, this is the way we're going to go. Scotty in Fort Danger, my resolution was to not make resolutions. Dang it, I failed. I tell that joke every single year, Scotty. I think people are kind of getting sick of me telling that joke every single year. But all right. Local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. That's important. 745, I have Don Day on air with me as we talk about this weekend's weather forecast, which is a harsh one. Let's wake up wildly. Broadcasting from a bunker under Devil's Tower. Hey, it's cold down here. 
Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays, a.m. 1030 and FM 95.1. 7.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I'm all ready to go for my chat with Don Day at 745. We've got a couple minutes until then. According to Joel, he's in Casper. He said, good morning, Glenn. Now, I did let him know he only spelled my name with one N, so he owes me a second letter N. At the foot of Casper Mountain, it's 14 degrees and windy. <laughs> yeah, I, and not going to get any better, I'm sorry to say. All right, real quick here. This is just to make you feel better. So with all the people trying to get Trump off the ballot, by any means necessary, headline, Texas man trying to get Trump off the 2024 primary ballot, and now he's facing federal charges himself. Yeah, doesn't it make you feel better? Okay, good. So the story says, you may not have realized with all of the other craziness around Donald Trump's name being on the 2024 primary ballot in some states, but there's an effort to keep his name off the ballot in Texas, too. Well, yeah, even here in Wyoming, someone tried. Of course, the guy was from Laramie, so, you know, what do you expect? The Sorry, Laramie, but the guy's from Laramie. So the Supreme Court refused to hear the case, but John Castro... Wanted the court to keep Trump off the ballot using the 14th Amendment thing. You've heard all of that. Yet he's trying to keep Trump off the ballot in many states as well, not just Texas. Lawsuits filed by him have already been dismissed in Florida, New Hampshire, and Nevada. He argues Trump is unqualified under the 14th. All right. Now, here's a twist to the story. This guy was arrested and charged on federal charges. The charges are linked to online tax companies. Castro allegedly lied to the IRS to help clients increase their returns. He's accused of submitting 17 sets of fraudulent tax returns. Question for you guys out there, for you legal experts. If he's found guilty of this, doesn't that make him a... Uh, well, it's a felony, right? Felonies, because he's done it several times, 17 times to be exact, that they know of so far. Doesn't that mean that he won't be able to vote for a while? Wouldn't that just be sweet justice? He tries keeping Trump off the ballot. That doesn't happen, but instead his right to vote's taken away because of these charges. Prosecutor detailed how Castro allegedly exploited his firm to cheat government... Quote, Castro would promise a significantly higher refund, higher than taxpayers could receive, and other preparers as well, on many occasions offering to split the additional funds with the taxpayers. And quote, in order to achieve these larger refunds, Castro generated false documents, not based on fact at all that were submitted without the taxpayer's knowledge. So the person, in some cases, the person he was working for didn't know he was doing this. Lawsuit seeks to remove, of course, it talks about his lawsuit to remove Trump. Oh, here's here's the, uh, well, it, t- it talks about all the states where that's been tried. Okay, going back to Castro here, I'm just double-checking. Yeah, it looks like if he is found guilty of this, not only does he go to jail... But he's got a felony, felonies, I should say. And because of that, that means that there will be a time that he's not allowed to vote. I would love, if he's found guilty of this, to be the guy who gets to go and tell him, 
by the way, Trump is still on the ballot, and you can't vote now no matter what. So it doesn't, doesn't matter what you want to do. Trump is still on the ballot, and you're not allowed to vote. Just sweet justice, I would think, right? Okay. I, oh, I wanted something to make you feel better as we're rolling into this weekend. Now, speaking of this weekend, yeah, the sun is coming up, but the temperatures are going down. And that's happening pretty much everywhere. And the people that are in the southern part of the state, especially the southwestern part, but the southern part of the state, you're going to get some of the worst of it regarding wind and snow. But everybody's going to be pummeled and beaten up by just frigid temperatures, especially in the overnight hours. So for you people with livestock interests and so on, I know you've been busy. I'm sorry, I'm still distracted by thinking about this guy, how it would be sweet justice if he wasn't allowed to vote. Don't you think that the problem with some people is that they're breathing? Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. All right, coming up on 745, that means time to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, I went to bed last night. It was 9 degrees outside. Woke up before midnight because of the sound of wind at my window. Temperature was 16. Since then, it's dropped considerably, I mean, well below 9. Knocking on your window. He was giving yeah. you a warning. Yeah, okay. I said, <laughs> hey, bub, you ain't seen nothing yet is basically what it was saying. Yeah, the first little salvo of Arctic air came in late yesterday and last night. It's very thin. Uh, the sub-zero temperatures that are over northern and central Wyoming right now, we, we're going to probably see your backyard thermometer go through some gymnastics today. Uh, okay. because Because this leading edge of Arctic air may get a little bit pushed back to the north here later this morning, this afternoon. It's kind of like a, the, the, the initial wave on a beach. It's very thin that little layer of water that comes up on the sand, that's kind of what's in here right now. However, the deeper push, the bigger wave of that Arctic air really comes in this afternoon and tonight. With that will be a bit of snow as well. And then it's just uh, it's just going to be a, a crazy weekend of winter weather, state and region-wide. I mean, there's <clears throat> too many things for me to list right. in, the, in the time we have in terms of advisories and warnings and watches that we have for a variety of weather, whether it's a wind chill warning or it's a winter storm warning or a blizzard warning. Well, I did hear in your podcast this morning, you just said stay home, which I had already intended to do. And it looked to me as we go through the entire weekend like a bigger one-two punch because, yeah, we do get hit pretty good. And then there's a little bit of a pullback, but then here comes that right hook. Yeah, the, the Arctic air, again, I'll use the waves on a beach analogy. The Arctic air coming in out of Canada gets pushed up against the Continental Divide. It gets pushed up against the mountains. And then pushing in from the Pacific coast are these little storms coming in out of Washington and Oregon. And Wyoming's in a battleground between these two very different air masses. And so you get a lot of variability and you've just got a lot to work with. You've got a lot of instability. You've got the Arctic air. You've got the moisture. So this is going to produce sub-zero temperatures, sub-zero wind chills. There's going to be episodes of snow, especially for the southern and western areas of the state. I also think the chances of snow are getting a little bit better for the Casper area now to where I do think we'll add some additional snowfall. Not a lot, but some over the weekend. 
the the most dangerous cold that I see is going to be tonight and Saturday in the central and the northeast. I, you get out there around Gillette, you get out there out on the the plains of northeastern Wyoming. There could be fifty minus fifty sub sub zero wind chills. Wind chill values that are, you know, this is what you see up in the Northwest Territories. Yeah. Well, in fact, I did read a story this morning. Gillette, Wyoming is putting out some serious warnings because of so, you know, minus 50 some. But I also noticed, and I'll see if I got this right, when I'm looking at what's happening on the map, we seem to be kind of split in this state where one part of the state is getting much more snow and wind and the other part is just bitter cold. Yeah, and that's because of that cold air up against the divide. Um, Arctic air is always going to be close to the ground because it's so dense. Then you move that into our, I mean, you cannot get a more wild topography in the western United States than Wyoming with where our mountain ranges are, where our basins are, where our plains are. It's like nowhere else. So that Arctic air just kind of creeps in like molasses into those low-lying areas. Then over on top of that is that Pacific air and moisture coming on in. So it's a really big mix of a lot of things going on. Right. And we do get out of this, but I'm thinking not Monday or Tuesday. I mean, like later, right? Yeah, most of the wind chill warnings that are in effect for the state go all the way into Tuesday morning. Uh, by Wednesday, we get a bit of a Chinook. But one thing that will happen in these Arctic outbreaks is sometimes Arctic air, when it leaves, it leaves behind straggling pockets mm-hmm. of cold air in the low-lying areas, the basins and the river valleys. So it's going to warm up in some areas on Wednesday, as certainly enough to notice, but not until then. We're going to be cold-soaked here for a while. Okay. And watch Don Day's podcast over the weekend because I know you're going to update everybody. And, of course, if there was ever a time to play it, Don, it's now. There it is. Well, I do that because all of this is coming down from Canada. So what do you expect? Off we go to the icebox where, I don't know, Frank, this might be one time where it actually is warmer in the icebox than outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what? Stay home. Yeah, just stay. Yeah. And speaking of which. Which, And some people will. Yeah. Oh, there's always there's uh, there's always going to be that guy going to Walmart and shorts. Well, no, but, I mean okay. I, I think you know like, yeah. like with the high school sports cancellations, they were they, they made decisions yesterday yeah. that nobody is going anywhere from particular school districts. Some still are up in the air, and they, they may see they may want to try to yeah. go somewhere. I'm I'm, I'm going to mm. lay bets that just so many have canceled based on what you said last hour during your report so many have canceled that everybody's going to end up canceling because there's nobody left to play well i think that my understanding is that there's a big wrestling tournament in pavilion that is still a go okay. there's a big wrestling tournament in sweetwater county green river you know right. that's still a go as far as i know uh things things change really you know what this is what i was it's the, the school buses it yeah. gets so cold that the fuel gets to like gel yeah, damn. And it's diesel, so. But you, you, 
How yeah, when it's yeah. 25, 30 below windshield, yeah, you know, and you're driving into it? Don't you know, think you're going to warm that up. No, not really. Well, in high school athletics, there's been a number of cancellations due to the weather. Probably more to come. The Kelly Walsh Wrestling Duels in Casper scheduled for today and tomorrow. Canceled the big Natrona Indoor Track Meet scheduled for tomorrow over at NC. Also a scratch, the Alpine Skiing Event up on Casper Mountain. That is a scratch. So keep track of what's on and what's off on yopreps.com for the rest of the day. Last night in high school basketball, Cheyenne East Beach Riverton 74-73. Nathan Merritt hit a jumper at the buzzer for the win. Uh, Sheridan held off Kelly Walsh 46-41 on the girls' side. East over Riverton 55-30 and Sheridan beat Kelly Walsh 52-43. Juco basketball, the Casper College men lost at Lamar, Colorado last night 107-102 to drop to 11-7 and on the year. Casper College women are scheduled to host Western Nebraska from Scotts Bluff at 6 p.m. Schedule. The LCCC women lost at NJC in Sterling, Colorado 71-55 so they're 6-9 and and the LCCC men earlier in the week lost to the Air Force Prep 76-271. Men's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowboys will host Fresno State in Laramie tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. After playing and losing big to a couple of top-notch Mountain West Conference teams, folks are finally playing somebody close to their own ability level. UW's 8-8 eight and eight overall, 1-2 and two in league play. Fresno State is 7-8 and eight overall, 0-2 oh in the league. And the Bulldogs are coming off big losses to San Diego State and Nevada. 2 p.m. tip-off tomorrow from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. College football, new Wyoming Cowboy head coach Jay Savell has hired Aaron Bowl as their new defensive coordinator. He's the son of outgoing UW head coach Craig Bowl, and Aaron has been the Cowboy linebackers coach since 2020. National Football League playoffs begin tomorrow. Cleveland plays Houston at 2.30 tomorrow, then Miami meeting Kansas City at 6, and that is going to be a cold, cold game. Then on Sunday, Buffalo takes on Pittsburgh at 11 in the morning, Green Bay and Dallas at 2.30, and the Los Angeles Rams will take on the Detroit Lions at 6 p.m. And that's it in sports. So for those who are going to be stuck home, like you, Frank, and football, football doesn't care about Foot, weather. No, they're, they're, they're going to go. Yeah, not like baseball where, oh, it's a little bit You know, I'm all, I, you, you get, you get yeah. to be sadistic sometimes and yeah. watch these football games in horrendous yes. weather conditions. It just makes and here it, you are in your uh, living room like, uh-huh. boy, that really must suck yeah, to that play really that, <laughs> And it really must suck to be there. Yeah. You paid all that money and you're like... And then there's always those fans that no matter what, they're going to be out there with their shirts off and their oh, bellies oh, yeah. painted. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, like like in the in the southern states, you know, like in Florida, they've had games that have, it has rained so hard uh-huh. that the water is cascading down the stairs. Yeah. You know, and that to, uh, to some people, Frank, that's what a good time is. I, I think yeah, so, okay. yeah. So you got your games lined up. You got? Yeah. Did you get your snackage yet? I, I'm, all, I'm all covered. I'm going to watch okay. football and be sadistic about it. Yeah. Games, snackage, and your cat. I'm You're ready to go. Cat, yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Go roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Then a Wyoming representative in a House of Representatives is offering up a bill called a What is a Woman Act. She's going to be on with me at 8.06 to talk about it. Morning, DJ and Mills. High school Nordic team went to Jackson yesterday and are racing today and tomorrow in spite of negative temperatures. Oh, wow. That's going to be cold and brutal. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
806 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday. Glad you made it through the week. We'll get you up to date on the changing weather as it gets just more brutal minute by minute. That's important. What's also important is we have another legislative session coming up. So, okay. In this legislative section, uh, one bill that you can see that's going to be offered up is going to be the What is a Woman Act? Now, the author of the bill is on the phone with me, my own representative, Janet Ward. Morning. I hope you're nice and cozy at home. I am indeed. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. So as I'm reading the notes that came with me, and it says here that you've assisted in over 60 births. Really? Yes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a doula, which is kind of a special labor coach. Doulas often work with midwives um, and obstetricians. Um, we don't do medical stuff, but the things that we know how to do have an inco- impact on the medical outcome. Okay. Um, and as you said, as a doula, I've assisted in over 60 births. And I know that um, I can say one thing with absolute certainty, that only women are designed to carry and bring babies into the world. And birth is an amazing and a beautiful thing, and only women can do it. So I'm going to ask the obvious question, but, of course, it's the obvious question that has to be asked. So why does a bill like this have to be brought forward in a state like Wyoming? Well, you know, a sitting justice on the U.S. Supreme Court can't define what a woman is. We have a radical judge out in Jackson who refers to pregnant people. Um, so clearly and sadly, some legislative guidance is needed on this basic biological fact. Okay. So and as we speak, mm-hmm. you know, there are uh, boys are being allowed to use girls' restrooms at Laramie High School. And I've, I've received several firsthand accounts of that. So this is a thing that is happening in Wyoming, and Wyoming girls need to be protected. And would this also affect boys and girls in sports and keeping those two separate? Well, there's all, we already passed a law that um, in K-12 uh, sports that uh, boys are not allowed to compete with girls. But I'm talking about boys in the private spaces of girls. Mm. And again, it's, it's happening at Laramie High School. There's a boy who's being allowed to use the girls' restroom. Okay. Because there are some people who are saying that this kind of a bill is unnecessary in the state of Wyoming, but you're saying it is necessary, partly because of that, I guess? Yes, partly because of that, because judges in Wyoming can't define what a woman is, and, uh, you know, girls are not being protected in Wyoming. You know, this protects boys, too. It's, it's, it's vice versa. The girls won't be allowed to, to be in boys' bathrooms, mm-hmm. locker rooms, either. What about those who would say, but if you do this, we're losing some federal money because, you know, especially when it comes to schools, the Biden administration is not going to like this. So they'll pull back some federal dollars from Wyoming schools. Well, that may happen. Um, but, you know, the, the federal government's kind of behaving like an abusive spouse with us lately, demanding um, all that we all, the, the states abandon their authority in exchange for millions of dollars. You know, I don't think that we can allow ourselves to be radicalized uh, by federal dollars. You know, I think that the Code of the West reminds us that some things are not for sale. Do you see anyone, I, I would guess some of the Democrats maybe, if you offer up this bill who would stand in opposition to it in the Wyoming House and Senate? 
Um, I'm sure there there will be opposition. Um, it's, it's frankly kind of sad that, that I have to define, we have to define what a woman is, what a man is in today's society. Um, but I'm hopeful that my colleagues will rally together in support of biological reality. Um, you know, any legislator legislator who's willing to sacrifice the safety of women and girls for federal dollars, I think they should re-examine their priorities. Okay. Now, let's talk about how the bill reads, because in order to do this, you're going to have to, in the bill, define what is a male and what is a female. Correct. Okay. How would you do that? Yeah, so the, the bill defines a woman as a, a person who's biologically uh, designed to produce ova and and or who has XX chromosomes. Mm-hmm. You know, the chromosome language was my own addition. Um, you, this bill is similar to some other bills that have been passed nationwide. Um was recommended by Riley Gaines, who came to speak uh, recently at the University of Wyoming. Um, the XX and XY chromosome uh, addition makes sure people understand that we know what we're talking about, because if you're, um, you, you're biologically uh, designed to produce ova, but say you've had a hysterectomy, well, you're still a woman because you have XX chromosomes. If you have a Y chromosome, you're a man. Okay. Now, once the bill is passed defining, then are there extra steps in the bill that say what, for example, schools can and can't do or anybody else can and can't do? Or is it just a bill that defines? It's a bill that defines, but it also says that schools in other places have an interest in uh, protecting women. And that this bill can be used as a basis for that. So it doesn't specifically say um, that, you know, there can't be men and women in each other's restrooms, but the effect will be that it protects men and women would in it, that way. Would it have any effect on the ongoing case at the University of Wyoming with the sorority? Well, the sorority, uh, you know, they're a private organization who voted to allow uh, that young man into their sorority. I, I certainly think it would help that situation, um, but it's a little different because it's a private uh, organization. Um, certainly, you know, I support those those women who have stood up against uh, a man who's been forced into their sorority. You know, those women who stood up have been forced from their own sorority, and that's completely ridiculous. All right. So now this is the hard part for you. This is going to be a budget session. And in a lot of cases, a bill, good or bad, doesn't matter, is killed because it's not a budget bill. So how do you get it through? Well, again, I'm I'm hopeful that I can convince my colleagues in the Wyoming legislature that uh, girls are worth protecting and that this is the time to protect them because this is happening in Wyoming. This is a Wyoming solution for a very Wyoming problem. As I said, this is indeed happening in sororities. It's happening at uh, Laramie High School. So I'm hopeful that my colleagues will rally together um, in support of biological reality, and I think we can get this passed um, even during a budget session. Are there any other states out there that have a similar bill to this? Uh, Yes, I don't know the states off the top of my head, but there, yes, are many other states who um, have passed similar bills. And I, I've learned some things from from those similar bills being passed, which is why I have added the chromosomal language um, in addition to just defining 
women and men um, in terms of what they are biologically designed to uh, produce. Okay. If anyone wants to get a hold of you and talk to you about this, Bill, how would they do that? Um, they reach me on my cell phone, which is 307-222-9747. They can contact me via email, Jeanette.ward at wildleg.gov. Okay. And you'll be happy to answer any questions. When do you think that the bill, I know the legislative session is coming up real soon, then when do you think you'll be able to get it out into, what well, it goes through committee first, right, and then out into the floor? So actually, bills do not go to committee first okay. in the budget session. They need an up and down a vote gotcha. on the floor, and it requires two-thirds votes, and then it goes to committee. So we should be voting on this the, the first week of session, which starts February 12th. Okay. Thanks for coming on this morning and explaining it. I'll be watching and see what happens. Great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. 815 is the time. Wake up, my own. The best talk show host in the state, within his price range. Tune in to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, weekdays at 6. 8.20 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so Jeanette Ward, who is my representative here in the state of Wyoming, has introduced a bill called the What is a Woman Bill, and I just interviewed her. Now, if you missed that, it is on the Wake Up Wyoming site. It will be. This show becomes a podcast when I get off the air, so you'll be able to go back and uh, listen to that a little bit later on. It will be introduced into the Wyoming House and Senate as soon as they're in session. John is on the phone. Morning, John. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. I was calling because uh, with these cold temperatures... I wanted to offer some tips and advice to your listeners. Prevent frozen pipes. Okay, now uh, there's I, a big one there because we're not just talking cold temperatures right now. We're going to get into some serious beyond what a lot of houses are prepared for cold. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I, I won't mention my company's name, but I will say that our green vans have been uh, providing disaster restoration services in Casper for nearly 40 years. And we like to reach out to folks before these events, so maybe you don't need to use our services. Okay. So now, how would I go about, especially because the cold is hitting right now, and it doesn't matter if the house is new, or a lot of times it's the older houses. I guess older houses, you need to go back and check to see how that insulation has been doing, because it may have worked in years past, but, I mean, it can reach a fail point at some point, right? Possibly, possibly. At this point, as we are in the sub-zero temperatures, it's time to take immediate measures. For example, um, even vacant places, you want to make sure you're maintaining a minimum temperature of 55 degrees. Uh, it's, it's, we have so many snowbirds here in Casper that will take off to Arizona to escape the, uh, the cold weather. And sometimes they may not think to leave their heaters on. So it's very important to have that warmed up. And on that note, a lot of us have friends or family members that are those snowbirds. This is a great time to go check in on their property and make sure that it's warm. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, uh, opening up your kitchen sink, uh, your kitchen sink cabinet, your bathroom sink cabinet, and allowing some warm air in there. Those areas are not necessarily heated. Uh, and just simply opening those cabinets allows the warm air in. And uh, if you can leave a trickle of water running in the faucets, uh, moving water doesn't uh, – it's more resistant to freezing. And so just leaving a trickle of water running in your faucets can help prevent them from freezing up. Okay. See, right away when you start talking about making sure that everything 
stays warm through these sub-zero temperatures. I pictured the horror of having to crawl underneath my house, but I guess, you know, some cases that's necessary, but not always. Right, right. And, and you know, there's a lot of this that just needs to be done within the home. Um, there's also a concern, you know, we, we deal with water damage. We also deal with fire damages. And sometimes people will make mistakes with heating units trying to prevent freezing and end up with a fire instead. That's actually much worse. Um, some, some good things to keep in mind are being very careful with space heaters. The Consumer Product Safety Commission recommends a three-foot rule. Make sure that there's nothing within three feet of that space heater that you catch on fire. And if you can avoid the use of heat lamps, really try not to use those. Okay. They're popular, especially for you know certain animals and such. Uh, but dry animal bedding and dry vegetation is very combustible. Uh, we have dealt with entirely too many fires caused by heat lamps in these extreme cold situations. So if at all possible, I recommend avoiding the use of those. If I am going to grab something for insulation for pipes, what am I looking for? I assume I'm making a trip to the hardware store. And what am I looking for? Well, you're most certainly making a trip to the hardware store. Uh, I would definitely recommend watching the R value of the insulation. And the higher the R value, the more protection it's going to provide. Okay. Some people got some work to do, and I suggest they get to it because the temperatures are dropping right now. Absolutely. We are available uh, with the bright green vans if you need us, but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and we would like to see people be safe in this cold weather. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate you calling in. All right. Thank you, Glenn. Sure. Triple A 97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So, all right. Some of the comments I got on the interview about the what is a woman bill, and this is from people dropping me notes off the Wake Up Wyoming app, which you're uh, – you can do that easily. I mean, just download the app for free at your, at your app store, and then when it opens up, you'll see how the toolbar across the middle is the chat option, and you can just send me a note. Or you can call the show now, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So here's Keith. He's in Cheyenne. I don't understand, he says, why there isn't total outrage nationwide over this open war on women. Where is now and other women rights groups? This is total insanity. People have not shut this down immediately. Unbelievable. I, I have kind of wondered where certain women's lib and women's lib groups are not exactly happy about this, but then again, they're not speaking out of it. Has been my understanding of it, but all right. Paul and Casper, it's time for a national divorce due to sheer idiocy. And then I got to go back. Hang on, Tim. Tim is sending me a note here on this, and I got to back up the stream a little bit so I can read the whole thing. He says, if there's no difference between the genders according to them that support it, why don't we hear about trans women getting into men's sports? Or maybe it's trans women. I get confused with the identity, he said. All right. 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Fine by me. The bill that will be offered up, the what is a woman bill, which is a definition bill more than anything else, the way she described it. Again, if you want to see the bill itself, at some point it will appear on the Wyoming legislative site. You'll be able to go ahead and read exactly what wording she chose for that. Then, and I forgot about this, Dorn a budget session. This is a budget session in the state of Wyoming, which I'm glad we do this kind of thing every other year. It's not that bills cannot be introduced 
during a legislative session, any kind of bill, any kind of law. It takes two-thirds vote to do it. Now, there have been some members of the Wyoming House and Senate that don't like that and want that changed. I don't. I like that it's a little bit difficult, in fact, a lot difficult to get bills through, except when it's a legislative year. And even then, there's a time limit. So a lot of bills won't get out there just because there's not enough time. That's how we, in one way, one of several ways, we limit what government can do. So what you'll have to do to introduce the bill is get it out onto the floor and get it heard. This is what the bill is about. And she'll make her case for why Wyoming needs the bill. And she's got to do it quick because, again, she's on the clock, right? And she's in the House of Representatives. So they'll give her amount of time, short short amount of time to stand up. And here's my bill. This is what it does. And I'd like a two-thirds vote, up or down. Do we put this in committee, yes or no? And if it's no, then she'll have to try again next year when it's actually a legislative session. If it's yes then it goes off to a committee and goes through the process with all of the other bills that are in committee. But there's still the clock because there's only so much time on the clock to get the budget done. And so it's very possible that this bill will run out of time and die before it ever sees the light of day. That's just the way the system works. And again, I'm in favor of this kind of a system because this is how we in Wyoming prevent legislators from passing all sorts of bills... And us being overwhelmed with bills, like some states, like California, New York, places like that, where they're constantly passing things. And you you know what a mess those states are, so we don't want to be like that. Now, again, if she doesn't get it through this time around, guarantee you she'll hear it next time. You will hear about it next time. And she'll get it with some sponsors into some committee, and they'll try pushing the whole thing through. All right. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, it'll be news time, right after news time. Update on that weather forecast. Then we get into a nice long segment of open phones. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S, where you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with it. With Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Eight thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Back we go to open phones. Mike from Laramie is on with us. Hi, Mike. Hey, Glenn. You mentioned earlier about uh, wind and solar quietly going away in France. They're doing that because the Green Party will burn the cities down. Mm. Then you mentioned in Germany the same thing's happening. Yeah. Well, I know a bit more about what's happened in Germany. Okay. And this 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 will vindicate you. Okay. You can pat yourself on the back. Oh, thank you. Good. But over in Germany, the I've lived I've been to Germany, lived there, and when I was in the Air Force, so they um, utilities there are privately owned. They're not governed entities. Right. And when the wind and solar came along, they got massive subsidy. 
and even giving them to private homeowners, you could drive around Germany and you would see solar panels on everybody's house and in their yard. Mm-hmm. Well, the subsidies became a drain on the budget. So what the wisely, the parliament there got rid of the subsidies, and when the subsidies went away, the industries collapsed. Of course, yeah. Just that you'd like to be vindicated. No, well, you've he, mentioned many times when the subsidies go away, yes. wind and solar. It, show, it, it just shows that wind and solar are not economical. Not really, no. economic uh, system. A couple of things that will make you really feel good this weekend. First of all, let me take on Germany. So Germany needed to get one of their coal power plants back up and running in order to have reliable energy. And like up in Gillette, Wyoming, Gillette has a couple of power plants where the coal literally comes right out of the ground goes right up into the power plant and is burned directly. So this is the same kind of power plant there in Germany. Well, in order to turn it back on, they had to get at the coal. Someone had built a wind farm over top of the coal. So they had to demolish the wind farm in order to get at the coal. Oh, that's that, that, that's just poetic. It, right I was there. about to use poetic myself. I thought that was just poetic. And I would like to remind everybody, Mike... We're about to hit some serious sub-zero temperatures this weekend. If they wake yes. up in the middle of the night to go pee, like we all do, and all have to do more yes. often as we get older, just keep in mind, if you're nice and cozy in your house, it's not because of wind and solar. No, it's not. It's, no. I mean, I've, no, it's, the, it's the, the natural gas to the furnace, the electricity yes. that blows the fan to blow the heat through the house. There you go, yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. So, all right. Now, let's take a look at – and I love I love pointing that out every time we get into a cold snap like this. It's going to get so cold. Yeah, there will be some windy areas, but for the most part, when it gets that cold, the wind doesn't blow. And when that happens, the wind turbines are not turning, right? So there's that, right? Then – the sun's not shining because it's night. Then we got to take a look at all of the, uh, well, all of the the frost and snow that's going to get on top of the solar panels as well. But then also all of the frost and snow that get on the wind turbine blades, and they can't turn either. Huh? So this is not going to keep you warm during the course of this weekend. It's not going to happen. Tell you what is going to keep you warm. As Mike just said, if you have natural gas or so of some kind at home, propane, whatever you're doing, that's one. But also your natural gas and coal-fired power plants, they are keeping you warm. That's reliable energy. And all they have to do, as the temperatures get into, in some places like Gillette, oh, you poor people up in Gillette, they're thinking about maybe minus 55 this weekend as an overnight low. Well, Gillette has got a couple of power plants. Actually, they've got uh, two coal plants, and one of them also burns natural gas. So they got several things going. All they'll have to do is just crank it up and provide more. That's it. And everybody's going to stay nice and toasty inside. You're not going to stay warm this weekend because of wind and solar. You're just not. So thanks for that call, Mike. I really appreciate it. All right, now. I want to cover a story that I talked about earlier from uh, Harriet Hageman. I was at a luncheon this uh, week, like Thursday, and at the luncheon there were some members of our Wyoming House and Senate that spoke. They always do. There's a, it's a yearly, an annual thing. 
So with the Wyoming House and Senators uh, getting up there to talk about what they're going to do for the legislative session, they opened it up for questions, and a woman stood up who was from Harriet Hageman's office, and she read a letter from Harriet Hageman. Once again, the bureaucracy is at it. This is something that I think is one of the biggest land grabs that we've seen quite possibly in the history of our country. Where this came about is the the Security Exchange Commission issued a proposed regulation, a proposed rule at the very end of September last year. And the purpose of the proposed rule was to adopt a regulation so that they could set up what are called natural asset companies on the New York Stock Exchange. Unlike almost any other rulemaking I had ever seen, they only gave 21 days notice for this particular rule and a common period, which is just absolutely unheard of. Usually there are at least 60 days, sometimes 90 or 120 days. They gave 21 days notice on this, so they were trying to slip it through. The way that these things would work is that these natural asset companies would be set up and they would be able to purchase the rights to say the natural assets of Yellowstone National Park or Medicine Bow National Forest or any lands on any private lands that have a conservation easement on them. They could come in and they could buy the natural assets of Yellowstone National Park and then they would be responsible for making sure that those natural assets would never be developed. So it would stop everything related to any kind of use of these lands whatsoever. Grazing, mineral development, any kind of mining, any kind of oil and gas exploration, even recreation. Buy the so-called natural assets and make it so that we can never develop these lands again through into perpetuity. And they even talk about that, that they would protect these lands from any type of development into perpetuity. It could cover all of our National Forest Service lands. It could cover our Park Service lands. And it could cover any private property that has a conservation easement on it. This is something that is not only illegal as all get out, but it is potentially going to be extremely destructive to the Western United States, because that's where most of these lands are, are, are located. So you can see what a problem that was. Immediately, since that was one of the aides that Harry Hageman has in the state of Wyoming, who was reading a letter that basically said what you just heard Harriet Hageman say. I asked if Harriet would come on the program and talk about it. She will at some point. Uh, and, she, and Harriet has to get a move on. I'm glad she's in office right now because she's the kind of person who looks for stuff like this. And yeah, they try to sneak it by. The bureaucracy tried to sneak this one by. She caught him at it. Now she's trying to put the brakes on it. Now we got to see what we can go ahead and do about it. Because it's your fourth unelected branch of government, once again, trying to pass law and change all the rules. So we'll see what can be done about it. There's a very short time to respond. But there's also lawsuits after. This goes right along with the EPA and the Waters of America rules. Remember all the problems we had with that? Okay. Same same idea, same things. So Harriet Hageman jumped on that. Again, I'll see if I can get her as a guest on the program. I assume she will come on. If you want a whole story, go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. I'm sure Ms. Murray will alert it out at some point. I got a good part of the story, including what you just heard was some cuts from a video that Harriet Hageman was on during an interview. You can watch the entire video and everything that she had to say to get as much as we know at this time. Hello, I finished my free trial of adulting. I'm no longer interested. I'd like to cancel my subscription. Is there a manager that I can talk to? Admit it, you were hoping somebody would say that. 
He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So Frank, I was picking on you about you know what kind of snackage you have over the weekend. Then chips, I realized chips. chips. Well, there you go. Pretzels. Yeah. Then I realized something here. We had a conversation a while back. We're coming up on a Super Bowl, Ooh, and yeah. I had noticed that when I'd gone to the grocery store the day before and the day of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the snack aisle was just raided. Yes. Yeah, so you yeah. need to plan ahead. <clears throat> right. So and and normally you know. People know when the Super Bowl is coming up. It comes up yes. in February. So, hello. I mean, not only with snackage, yeah. beverages. Stuff like that, yeah. I, I mean, not just, and even more than snackages. I mean, yeah. like regular, like big full meals. Yeah, <laughs> but there's always those people who go rushing in at the last minute and just kind of raid the aisle. And I'm wondering, because there's always joke about, oh, big, a cold snap is coming, get the milk and bread. But if I were to go down the aisle of snackages today... What do you think it would look like? I think it may be a little... People may probably put a dent into it. Probably put a dent into it, yeah. I, I would say that that's about accurate. because, yeah, And then also, and I always warn people, before we get into this weekend, did you pay up your Netflix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even better, are you? do you know somebody who has an account? Yes. Now, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you got to piggyback on that. Yeah. Because there was a time, Frank, back in the good old days, as they called them, we're getting ready for a weather event like this would mean you and I would be outside right now chopping wood. Or, yeah. Feeding the animals, mm-hmm. making sure they're going to be okay. Yeah. And during the entire weather event, that's going to continue. We're going to be continuing to work the entire time. Today, though, that just means stay home, binge watch your favorite whatever, okay, and make sure you had enough snacks to reach your hand into. Boy, we should never complain about a rough life ever again. No, 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 no. The, the people they have it far worse yes. and work far harder yeah. than I'm, we do. You're worried. Every day. Is the kid that you hired with the snowblower going to show up in order so you can go ahead and get out uh, and get some more beer? <laughs> but in the old days, though, they <laughs> That's actually, important, you know. Yes, they had, in the old days, they had to worry about how the horses were doing. Right. And then, and then get, then, then go get beer. Yeah. And then in the old days, they did not have, this is going to shock some people, insulation? Oh, I What's would, insulation? We, yeah, exactly. High school athletics, there have been a number of cancellations due to the weather. Probably more to come. The Kelly Walsh Wrestling Duels in Casper, scheduled for today and tomorrow, is canceled. The big Natrona Indoor Track Meet, to schedule for tomorrow, is also a scratch. So keep track of what's going on and what's off on yopreps.com. Last night in high school, boys basketball, Cheyenne East over Riverton, 74-73. As Nathan Merritt buried a jumper as time expired for the win, Sheridan held off Kelly Walsh, 46-41. On the girls' side, East over Riverton, 55-30. And Sheridan and BKW 52 243. In junior college basketball, the Casper College men lost at Lamar last night, 107 102, to drop to 11 7 on the year. Casper College women are scheduled to host Western Nebraska from Scotts Bluff tonight at 6 p.m. The LCCC women lost at NJC in Sterling, Colorado yesterday, 71 55. So they're 6 9. And the LCCC men earlier in the week lost to the Air Force Prep, 76 271. Men's College hoops at the Division I level. The Wyoming Cowboys at home tomorrow afternoon in Laramie to meet Fresno State. 
After playing and losing big to a couple of top-notch Mountain West Conference teams, the Pokes are finally playing somebody closer to their ability level. UW 8-8 and overall, 1-2 one uh, in league play. And Fresno comes in at 7-8 and overall, 0-2 oh in league play. The Bulldogs are coming off big losses to San Diego State and Nevada. As a 2 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie, we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. College football, new Wyoming Cowboy head coach Jay Sawvell has named Aaron Bowler new defensive coordinator. He is the son of outgoing UW head coach Craig Bowl and was the Cowboys linebackers coach since 2020. National Football League playoffs begin tomorrow. Cleveland plays Houston at 2.30. Miami meets Kansas City at 6, and that's going to be a cold, cold, cold game. Then on Sunday, Buffalo meets Pittsburgh at 11 in the morning. Green Bay and Dallas at 2.30. And the Los Angeles Rams draw Detroit at 6 p.m. That's it in sports. I did get a note from one of our listeners here that the Nordic skiers are in Jackson, and they're still in They're they're still going? Okay. Yeah. that's Well, that's the last I heard anyway. And I know that that area is going to get a lot of snow, so they will have fresh powder. Have you tried to shovel this stuff? It's it's fluffy. It is. It really fluffy. I would take a shovel full and have to look again and go, did I get any? That's the thing about about when the wind picks up in driving, when it's that fluffy. Yes. Not good. No. That not, and I did notice. You might have noticed this yesterday when I was driving home. Be careful of this, folks. So I would be on the two ruts that everybody else had made. The black, yeah, yeah, right, okay. But as that got closer to me, I noticed it was shiny. Uh huh. Yeah, it makes it really yeah slick out there. So that's a big part of your forecast this Indeed weekend. Indeed, oh so, Rama. All right, thank you, Frank. And that's uh, where Don Day was saying, just stay home, which I agree with. Him. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number. I'll hold that number. I do have a guest coming up in the next hour of the program, a representative from the Wyoming Business Alliance, to discuss what they do based on some comments we got last time. Some people wanted to talk about the Wyoming Business Alliance. So news, weather, then you and I. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So hold the phone calls for those people who want to do the open phone thing. So they got a guest in the studio. Cindy Delancey. Delancey, am I doing that right? Good. Yes, okay. Fine. Who usually when we talk, we're in the studios in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Correct. But she drove all the way up here, which to that I say, you're nuts. But okay, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> it's good to see you again. Now, the reason you're from the Wyoming Business Alliance and the reason that I wanted to make sure to have you on. So there were some commercials that were running mm-hmm. on some of the radio stations that carry this program here. And just so the listeners know, because the the program here is produced and then it's sent to the radio stations and the podcast. So I don't get to hear what happens on your local station. So if a commercial runs, people were saying, what's this commercial? And my answer was, I don't know, because I can't hear it. Right? And the commercial was about the all of the ab- above approach to energy and Wyoming Business Alliance, along with the governor and so on, were involved in that. And that got a discussion going. But what I want to make sure is, even though we might have some disagreements on that, 
what the Wyoming Business Alliance really does. Because I think some people had some misconceptions about what the organization was formed for and what you do. So what was it formed for and what do you do? Great. Thank you so much for having me, Glenn. I'm such a huge fan of you and the show and to be here with you today is such an honor. And thank you so much for the opportunity to come back. Um, I enjoyed being on your show in Cheyenne in your beautiful studio back in October. So to get the when opportunity. It was under construction. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it still was beautiful yeah. under construction. But uh, to get to come back and visit with you, particularly about the opportunity to talk about business in Wyoming is something that I always jump at the opportunity to. So so first I just thought I'd maybe talk a little bit about who I am, what the Business Alliance is, what we do, and then talk about some things that we've been currently working on. Okay. Um, but um, again, I'm Cindy Delancey. I'm the president. I'm the third president of the Wyoming Business Alliance that has been around for 45 years now. That's something that I'm incredibly proud of. Um, the Business Alliance was formed back in 1979. Harry Roberts, who uh, was a former uh, superintendent of public instruction, was the first president slash executive director of the Wyoming Business Alliance. Um, and really at that time, uh, a group of people came together in Wyoming and were like, we need to have a strong voice for business to make sure that business is at the table, relevant in the discussions. And that was kind of how things started. Um, when Mr. Roberts retired, um, a gentleman from Casper, which I'm sure many of your listeners would know, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Schilling, was at the helm for 31 years. Bill was very involved in business conversations and um, created Leadership Wyoming, as well as many other, you know, topics related to business. It really helped set the course of the organization for many years. So when Bill retired after 31 years in 2017, I was hired to take on and um, I love guns. I love sarcasm. I love humor. And what I hate is over-regulation by the government. Okay. So I think we're in the same place on <laughs> yeah, this. Are, and yeah. that's something really that uh, that my organization and my members, um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about that. Um, I spent the majority of my career working in the natural resource um, lane, if you will. Um, I was head of government affairs for BP. So um, I have a lot of experience in energy, uh, worked on energy policy. But really, energy policy is tied to federal land use policy, which in Wyoming, with our uh, federal government being essentially our partner on approximately half of the uh, surface land and minerals, dealing with the federal government is inevitable. Mm. And so, you know, really, as I said, you know, the Business Alliance is an organization of people, local people, the wealth generators of our state, businesses from every aspect of our economy. We have the oil and gas folks, the the Trona folks, the coal folks, the gold folks, the the tourism folks, the ag folks, the tech folks, the medical folks. You know, like what is that's really what I love about the Wyoming Business Alliance. And as you uh, we're discussing, you know, on our website, we're very transparent. You know, you can mm-hmm. see who we are, who our members do, you know, what, what we're working on, what we do, what we support. And just kind of wanted to walk you through and your listeners through a little bit about um, our guiding principles and what we do support. Um, really, our goal, Glenn, is that the the Business Alliance mission and goal is is that business makes Wyoming better. As I said, you know, my members are the wealth generators. These are the people... 
uh, creating the money to fund our government. These are the people that are employing our people and giving them exceptional quality of life being here in Wyoming because of our exceptional business climate. And we're fighting every day to support that. Um, we support public policy and legislation that enhances a sound business environment. We promote economic diversica- diversification. That's kind of where the all the above comes from. You know, like we, we want people to contribute to our economy and create more revenue, so we have the ability to just not continue to rely on our legacy industries that have paid the bills for generations for us. Our quality of life in Wyoming is exceptional because of the extraction industries. Like my children have received quality education. Mm. Look at the University of Wyoming. It is those industries that have graciously carried us for many, many years, and they are under assault from federal policy. And to make sure that we can have uh, resources to be able to sustain the quality of life, as well as you know many other things that that by having um, more people at the table offer, we support legislation and budget items that promote modernization and efficiency in government education and promote workforce development. We support legislation that incentivizes investment to broaden Wyoming's tax base. We support legislation that encourages enhanced production for natural resources. We prom- and this is something that's really important is we promote certainty and clarity of current and future tax policy for all industries. Our businesses need to know the rules of the game. They can't consistently have crazy tax policy being brought, you know, from left field in the sense of not being able to model out costs on projects um, to be able to attract investment to Wyoming because it's a very, very competitive environment right now for these types of large industrial projects that give us that quality of life and that revenue that we need to power our state. So to, so really, um, you know, that's how I spend a lot of my time is just monitoring what's happening at the federal level, really working with our state and local officials to ensure that Wyoming remains strong and competitive, you know, in a very, very complex um fiscal environment, you know, look at the the volatility of our interest rates and what inflation has done with us, supply chain problems. We have really had a tough go since 2020 when the world changed basically overnight for us. And, you know, that's really what my role is, is being out there working with people, talking with you. We have a podcast. I'd I'd love to have you on our podcast one day. You know, come on down and see us. We Our podcast is called uh, Business from the Basement. Mm -hmm. Most small businesses start in the basement, so I thought that was a really great... In fact, I remember when you first started the podcast, you came on the program to talk about the podcast starting up. I did, yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll extend that invitation again to you. Okay, so now, uh, also when you get together, because I've seen, I was looking at your website, some of the meetings that you guys have. Mm -hmm. Now, just so everybody out there knows they're not lighting candles and incense and sacrificing something. <laughs> what it is instead is just a whole bunch of between uh, legislators. I saw some bureaucrats mm-hmm. walking around. Mm-hmm. I also saw a lot of business people name the Wyoming industry. They were there. And it looked like everybody was just kind of walking around networking with everybody else. That's right, Glenn. You know, we have over 400 members in our organization. We're a nonprofit. Right. Um, and in Wyoming, we do our best work when we work together. And we're so used to, in the business community, working friend to friend and neighbor to neighbor. I like doing business with people I know. That's why I'm here today. You know, getting to know you has really been a a great thing for me. I'm just enjoying building this relationship. And that's kind of what how we get to know each other is to be able to convene, discuss issues, um, you know, talk about 
our family, what mm-hmm. we're doing with, with ourselves, you know, what's happening and, and just having that connectivity. So there, if there is an issue that business is experiencing, our elected officials want that feedback from the people on the front line. They want that feedback from people that are signing paychecks, what they need to continue to um, have Wyoming be in the best position to be business-friendly and open for business. So no secret handshake? No, no oh, secret handshakes. Secret we're, handshake. Like I said, we're pretty transparent. We're an open book. So, okay. you know. But you do have some concerns. We'll get to that in just a yeah. minute. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Once a time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. So Cindy is in the studio with me from the Wyoming Business Alliance. One of the questions we have from Jude and Casper ask if you are a lobbying group. And I guess your answer is, well, yeah, of course. Certainly we are. I am proud to be the voice of the business community in Wyoming. Uh, Glenn, the majority of business done in Wyoming is done by small business. Mm. 97% actually of our business in Wyoming is done by small business. That's basically mom and pop and family, you know, generational businesses here in Wyoming. And not many small businesses have the ability to have someone hired to be sitting down in Cheyenne watching what's happening, being able to be engaged 20 plus hours a day sometime. And so they join the Business Alliance. And and that's what, uh, to Judy's question, that's why I want to make sure that it's very clear of what we're, what we lobby for and what we're advocates and what we're voices for the business community for and what we're not. So absolutely, it's all on our website. I'm okay. proud to be an advocate for the Wyoming business community. Yes. Okay. Now on that note, you came up here with a concern, something you want stopped. Absolutely, yes. So one of the things, in addition to um, doing our legislative webinar coming up on January 30th, um, which is, again, open to our members on the legislative process, we really do that to be able to have people know the process so they can be part of the process to make sure that their voice is heard. Because in Wyoming, unlike other places, our elected officials actually care what our citizens and our businesses have to say. And you could come down to Cheyenne and testify and make your voice heard. So what I was so thankful for the opportunity to to visit with you about today is the comment period was extended on the Rock Springs Man management plan, the RMP, Rock Springs RMP. This is something that is essential that Wyoming people, particularly Wyoming businesses, chime in on. The comment period is open until January 17th. Thanks for the work done by um, Governor Gordon, again, our Wyoming delegation, trying to put the brakes on horrible federal policy coming out of Washington, D.C. through the BLM that would have a crippling effect on the future of our extraction industries, our tourism industry, our ag industry. So much of our economy is riding on some decisions being made in the Rock Springs RMP. Um, again, this is exactly the type of thing, Glenn, that you and your listeners talk about every day as far as, you know, that unelected fourth branch of government making really bad policy. And we are working so hard. Um, I sent Miss Mary the report link. Hopefully she'll be able to share that with your viewers on the website. Um, really outlining what the issues are and the crippling effects. And again, what we're doing in Wyoming trying to solve that. The comment period was extended 
And Governor Gordon convened a working group, a task force that was made up of a cross section of, of the community of people that are impacted by this land use plan that would, that would have impacts on them to get together to find, um, a path forward, you know, try to give some recommendations of what will work for Wyoming. We are, um, stewards of our land. And I simply reject this notion of it's an either or, meaning that we either produce energy uh, and have a thriving economy or we have, um, you know, a, a healthy and clean environment. We've shown in Wyoming for generations that we can have our cake and eat it too. And so the Rock Springs RMP uh, is, is really crucial. It impacts five counties, um, Uinta, Sublette, Fremont, uh, Lincoln, uh, and Sweetwater. So it impacts our whole state, but primarily the businesses and the people impacted and touched by these federal land use policies are working diligently to try to make sure that comments are are filed in support of preserving, um, you know, what we know best in Wyoming, and that's how to produce and export energy. So again, um, the comment period is open. Uh, you can submit comments online. You can submit written comments to the Bureau of Land Management. All the information is easily accessible. And again, I'm happy to share additional information with Ms. Mary on how people can weigh in, but it's time that folks are, you know, at the table. Because if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Besides the besides the comment period, what else can people do? Because oftentimes they think, yeah, okay, I can leave my comment. Are they even really considering that when they make their final decision? Absolutely, yes. This has uh, really been elevated. I mean, our elected officials, the president of the Senate. Um, multiple senators, legislators have gone back to Washington, D.C. to meet face-to-face with the with the mothership, yeah. you know, on some of these uh, policy decisions. And they're, the comments matter. You know, the, it's yeah. because of that hard work that we were able to get the comment period extended to be able to bring this cross-section of the community together with the hope that when we have a, a collaborative group of people from all different points of view coming together to say, this is bad for Wyoming, Here's why. This is what we recommend. Here's why. That hopefully that that comment period as a collective group will just amplify the voice of Wyoming citizens. Again, knowing that that we know what's best for us here in Wyoming as opposed to somebody that's never maybe even stepped foot in our beautiful state. That's been, you've heard before, that's one of my major complaints. People thousands of miles away who have never been here, and they're not even elected officials. They're just bureaucrats who sit and write, you know, whatever they think will work for the state of Wyoming, and then we're just supposed to put up with that. Anything happening in the Wyoming legislative process that might help? Um, yes, again, our legislators have been actively engaged face-to-face with the decision makers. Um, we are always working in the Wyoming legislature as far as how to preserve our um, natural resource economy. In fact, I, you know, on your um, news update talking about, you know, Senator Boner talking that we've got to keep the good fight up for the oil and gas industry. Like this is a topic that we are consistently working on is to try to keep Wyoming people employed in Wyoming jobs. And we can't take our foot off the gas pedal. Now more than ever, we've got to continue to really look at the future because like it or not, Glenn, the world is rapidly changing around us. And we're at a crossroad where we could either be Netflix or Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And we've got to really, for the next generation, 
for my children, for their children. You know, like Wyoming's been awful good to us, you yeah. know, and we have to be diligently working together instead of maybe just sitting on the sidelines saying no. We've got to be working together to come up with ways to be able to enhance and make our um, economy nimble and flexible and robust. And we're such innovative thinkers here. And to be able to look to the future and be ahead of the curve is something that the business community always does best. Okay. So how do they get a hold of the Wyoming Business Alliance? We are always looking for members and uh, every information on how to reach me, how to become a member is on our website, uh, com. We've released the dates for the Governor's Business Forum, which I know will be sold out again November 12th through the 14th. Uh, so we've got that in the hopper. We've got lots of webinars, as I talked about, podcasts. We're always doing something for business. So members wanted. Okay. Thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Drive very carefully. I sure will. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Nine thirty-six of time to wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so you heard from Wyoming Business Alliance. Here's your chance to jump in. Nice short little segment of open phones. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. Couple of other things I'm going to point out. This is stuff I talked about first hour of the program, but I know quite a few of you people weren't here for it. So I want to touch on this as we get near into the last 20 minutes of the program or so. So yesterday, I was on my social media poking around, and I came across something from the Wyoming Department of Transportation. It's an ad. It shows an electric charging station. What it doesn't show is the coal power plant in the background. You people in Wheatland know what I'm talking about. And it says in the ad from YDOT, Interested in owning, operating an EV charging station in Wyoming? YDOT wants to hear from you. YDOT is issuing a request for information to gauge interest for potential station owners interested in participating in the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Program. The RFI is now open and can be accessed via YDOT procurement public purchase software. And there's more information on how you can. So once again, YDOT is poking around trying to figure out they got a bunch of federal money to set up electric charging stations around Wyoming. Short story is it really wasn't working out. So they paused it. And they're trying to figure out what to do, in part because if the program doesn't work out in the state of Wyoming, Wyoming has to pay all that money back. That's part of the problem. So they're asking people if they would get involved again. Are you interested in EV charging stations? I have an article up on the Wake Up Wyoming website about that. And my, my whole you've heard my argument before. My whole argument on this is real simple. When the internal combustion engine was replacing the horse and buggy, you did not have the federal government going around offering subsidies to people to purchase the horseless carriage instead. And and states and cities were not trying to ban the sale 
of the horse and buggy. It just happened, the switch happened organically. And having new gas stations all over the country, they just started popping up left and right, I mean, everywhere. Just because there was a need for fuel for these new automobiles that were coming up. But with electric vehicles, apparently you have to make gas-powered vehicles illegal, as some states are doing. And then you got to offer heavy subsidies, among other things, to try to coerce people into buying electric vehicles. Then you got to heavily subsidize charging stations. So you see the problem if you understand how economics works. That was the first one. The next one, now this matters all over. In fact, I got a note here I just answered from DJ and Gillette. So, DJ, when I was at that legislative luncheon on Thursday, the first question that came up to one of the legislators was about subsidies for air travel in communities around Wyoming. Now, the politicians in communities argue that, look, um, yeah, we have to pay to make sure that the airlines are profitable. In other words, the airlines flying into your community, wherever you're listening to me in Wyoming, they have to have a certain passenger load, and if they don't, they're losing money. So if they fall short of that, then your local community, through taxes, through subsidies, will try to catch up and help them make that profit. There's an agreement. They'll offer that buffer. Well, now you got to wonder, is it actually worth it to the community? Does, is that profitable? I mean... If your local community, Gillette was brought up in this discussion. If Gillette is paying a subsidy to make sure there's airplanes flying in and out with passengers, does it actually make a profit in the community or is the community really losing money over this? All right, so here's the headline. Natrona County questions $1.3 million for one flight per day. This is Southwest Airlines and... I'm sorry, SkyWest Airlines. And SkyWest Airlines, here's the deal as it was written up. Cowboy State Daily broke it down. The initial investment is $1.3 million. Information from the commission's office in Toronto County paid $1.355 million for SkyWest. Reimbursement from Advanced Casper Wyoming Department of Transportation Aeronautics. The total was $572, I'm sorry, $572,014. Uh, from Casper, and the county paid $783,227. The city, Casper, also put up $50,000 in market campaigning for these flights. So the question that they have now in the Trona County and the city of Casper is, are we making money off of this? On the That's the flight to Salt Lake City. Uh, from what I understand, the only profitable flight out of Wyoming, in and out of Wyoming, is from Casper to Denver. Cheyenne, I think uh, you're paying a subsidy and it's not profitable, is my understanding. If I'm wrong, somebody can correct me on that, please. But that's my understanding of it. But the one to Salt Lake City is a loss. So the, now they got to figure out, between the city of Casper and the Trona County, do we keep the plane flying? Is, it, is spending this money actually bringing in more money to the community, like so many politicians want you to believe? Or are we operating at a loss here? And if we're operating at a loss... Then what? Again, that article is also on the Wake Up Wyoming website that you can go ahead and take a look at this weekend, dig into the details, and 
figure out how you would do it. Um, can I have a turkey and cheese sandwich? Hey, Frank, cut the bird's titties off, make it do a somersault. You want me on that? Uh, yeah. Make it racist. Please don't. Put the camera on silent. Juggle it. What? Nothing. You want oil and vinegar? I guess. Down, down, left, right, left, right. Got a cheat code. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here for live and local all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-Woods or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 948 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, we're good. We're a week into it now. We'll be closer. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? I'm going to take San Francisco and Baltimore. Okay, is that the same thing as the last time? Yeah. Okay. Because they haven't been eliminated yet. Okay. So you, so, so when they are eliminated, mm-hmm. then we'll change our minds again. Oh, okay. So, But you don't see them getting eliminated? Oh, no. Uh, you never mm-hmm. really know. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll give Buffalo a chance for sure. Right. You know, hopefully Green Bay doesn't make it. Yeah, just because you hate Green Bay. Oh, I hate them. Okay. Why do you hate them? What do they ever do to you? Because I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Yeah, but what do they, I mean. And they hate each other for the last 75 to 80 years. So you're hating someone out of tradition. Yes. Oh, I got you. You you were born to hate them. Do they hate you? They were born to hate me. Do they hate you back? Yes. Okay, well then we're fine here. Yeah. Everybody's all on the same page. I'm going with San Francisco. Okay. Uh, Absolute worst team in football this year. Carolina Panthers. Wow. That just that bad. How bad? Awful. Well, I mean, I, give me give me numbers here. Um, they they would have had the number one pick in the draft had they not traded it away. Oh, so that they were they were the worst team. Oh, okay, yeah. So Washington, you, Washington was another bad team. But you're not going to say Colorado. Oh, the Broncos? No, no, they they were they're bad. Yeah, but they're they've gotten better. Okay, so they're, Colorado. They're, 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 yeah, the, the the Broncos are still. Yes. Dysfunctional to the max. Okay. But at least the Broncos could say, we might suck, but we're not the, the worst. worst. Okay. That's something there, Frank. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it gives them something, you know, the, the, for the for the Walmart family that bought the team for $4 billion and okay. said, you know what? But you see, now we're when you say it that bad, way. <laughs> we're not as bad as when we bought them. Let me, let me tell you what I heard because I wasn't thinking of it in the same terms you are. It sounds really insulting. Well, for the Walmart team that bought them. Like, you know, people from Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Not not the customers. No, 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 no. Jeez, they're just a Walmart team, for God's sakes. (laughs) And by the way, I picture Walmart shoppers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And and the guys, you know, when you go to the Bronco game, the guys got the the blue vest on. That's exactly right. We can help you. Well, you know, that's how people should start dressing up for the, just like they're going shopping at Walmart. I mean, they should. Oh, yeah. dress up for the games like that. And so that means we, I think we're a bit closer to understanding what their mascot should really be. Exactly. A Walmart reader. High school athletics. It's a tough, tough weekend with the weather. Some events are happening and others are not. Now, this is what's not happening so far in the Casper area, the Kelly Walsh wrestling duels. That is a scratch for today and tomorrow. The big Natrona indoor track meet scheduled for tomorrow is also a scratch. So keep track of what's going on and what's going off on yopreps.com just about all day. Last night in boys high school basketball, Cheyenne East beat Riverton 74-73. Nathan Mirich from the Thunderbirds buried a jumper as time expired for the win. 
Sheridan held off Kelly Wallace 46-41. On the girls' side, Eastover and Riverton 55-30, and Sheridan beat Kelly Wallace 52-43. In men's college basketball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowboys will host Fresno State tomorrow afternoon in Laramie. After playing and losing big to a couple of top-notch Mountain West Conference teams, folks are finally playing somebody closer to their ability level. UW's 8-8 eight eight overall, 1-2 in league play. Fresno State is 7-8 overall, and 0-2 in league play, and the Bulldogs are coming off two big losses to San Diego State in Nevada. 2 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Chuco basketball, the Casper College men lost at Lamar, Colorado last night, 107-102 to drop to 11-7 on the year. Casper College women are scheduled to host Western Nebraska from Scotts Bluff tonight at 6 p.m. at the T-Bird Gym. Scheduled, that is. The LCCC women lost at NJC in Sterling, Colorado, 71-55, so they're 6-9. And the LCCC men earlier in the week lost to the Air Force Prep, 76-71. College football, new Wyoming head coach Jay Sawvell has named Aaron Bull their new defensive coordinator. He's the son of the outgoing head coach Craig Bull and was the Cowboys linebackers coach since 2020. National Football League playoffs begin tomorrow. Cleveland plays Houston at 2.30 in the afternoon. Miami will take on Kansas City at 6 p.m. and it should be freezing cold in that game. Then on Sunday, Buffalo takes on Pittsburgh at 11 in the morning. Green Bay and Dallas at 2.30 and the Los Angeles Rams will draw Detroit at 6 p.m. on Sunday. That's it in sports and that's what people should be doing is watching football. That's right. So get home early. Now, now I'm going to be binge watching the latest season of Fargo. Okay, that's five seasons. Yeah, I'm on the, just going to watch the fifth no, season. I am on the fifth season. I've already made it through the other four seasons. Okay. I will be watching the fifth season, and I have all weekend to do it. How long will it take you to watch I one have season? No idea. But I have the whole week. I have other things planned, Frank. That's not the only thing I'm going to do. But I'll see what I can do as far as cranking out a few of those episodes. I mean, you can shovel your driveway. No. No? No, I'm not going to be shoving. You're, you're, no. not, you're not going outside? I'm not going out. Oh, I, oh, oh, okay. The whole plan is I have everything ready to go inside, and outside is like another planet to me at this point. One of the cold planets, like a Pluto thing happening. Okay. Did you want me to drop you off some Lincoln logs so you can make a cabin and stuff I, you like know, that? Stuff, little projects like that are really cool, Frank. I might just go ahead and do that. But in order for you to drop off Lincoln logs, I would have to tell you where I live. And no, that's no, never no, happened. no, no, no. I'm just going to no, 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 I'm not no, doing no, that, no, Frank. No. All right, hey, have a great weekend. Stay safe and warm. Yep. And everybody else out there. Drive, and I do mean this, drive real careful. You know, you know the drill. You've done this before. Make sure you pick up plenty of snacks on the way home. Get your Netflix paid up and then just stay inside. And DJ up in Gillette, you guys are going to be amongst the coldest up there. So yeah, I hope you got indoor plants. Let's wake up Wyoming.